Hello and welcome to the Greater Story Podcast. I'm Mikey Tai. And I'm Heidi. And you've tuned into episode 8. If you don't know, we're a podcast that's all about helping you see the greater story of the gospel in the stories that are told on the silver screen. Whether they're TV series like on Netflix or movies, we want to help you see the world through the lens of God's greater story for humanity. Mm. But before I go on... Happy New Year. Can you believe it's 2020? We've literally entered a new decade. How crazy. <laughs> it's totally crazy. And unfortunately, you know, our podcast was a little quiet over summer because we did take a break and we traveled quite a bit. Yeah, I know we've only been around for about six months, but we had to take a break. We had to take a holiday. We went to London and it was amazing. We had so much fun and we came back from London and we were pooped, but we had to get straight back into work with Christmas and all with the church. It was pretty busy. But we survived. But how good was London? London was amazing and I guess we've never traveled there because we thought it would be super boring I always thought that London would be you know a bigger version of Sydney mm. but colder but when we got there it was just amazing it was so, so much multicultural hey old stuff yeah multicultural, as well lots yeah. of food I thought we'd only eat potato and pies every day <laughs> but there was more than that yeah. and we can confirm that all the streets on the Monopoly board exist which is amazing mm. Yeah, you got really cultured, eh? <laughs> I got super cultured. I feel like I came back to Brisbane, a changed woman. You have changed. I, I've noticed it. <laughs> I love the church history stuff, man. I was there and, uh, you know, we went to Oxford and I got my nerd on there. Like, I heard about all the martyrs of the Reformation. I got to visit the sites where C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien hang out. It was really cool. Yeah, super nerdy. But Oxford, it was stunning. Mm. It was like... You know, a film set from Harry Potter. It was beautiful. Yeah. But we can talk forever about London. Yeah. Um, let's start talking about movies, shall we? Have we watched anything recently? Well, I recently went to the movies with my friends without a chew and I watched Rise of Skywalker. It was the last one in the Star Wars saga. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't think it's worthy of an episode. <laughs> Did you fall asleep in it? Uh, a little, but <laughs> maybe it's just me. I'm not really a huge Star Wars fan. So everyone's shock and horror. I'm, I'm not a big Star Wars fan. Sorry. True, true. Well, the other day, we also watched something else. It was mm, Frozen 2. Which I was excited about. <laughs> and yes, if our listeners don't realise, it was Mikey who was the one that dragged me to go. It was funny because we were eating dinner beforehand and the lady at the restaurant, she was like, oh, so... What are you guys up to tonight? And it was, I was like really sheepish and I had to tell her, yeah. oh, we're going to watch Frozen tonight. Yeah, no but shame. I do like Frozen. <laughs> I like Elsa, actually. I like that she can turn things into ice. That's really cool. She's mm. like, you know, like King Midas, that fairy tale about the, the king yep. who can turn things to gold. Yeah. But she's not only like King Midas, she's also like Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat. Have you ever played that? Yes, I have. The oh, fighting game. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. And so Sub-Zero could freeze people as well. That's Elsa. Like, yeah. She's both Midas and Sub-Zero. That's yep. the best part of it. Pretty badass. Yeah. But you also appreciate that her eyeshadow application is always on point. Always on point. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Always on fleek, <laughs> I think you meant to say. Is that the right term? No. Oh, gosh. Okay. Anyway, so I do tend to get nervous when it comes to sequels. I thought Frozen 1 was brilliant. And I think I would have been really happy if the story ended there. You didn't even like the first one So I'm actually curious to know Why you wanted to watch the sequel uh, The songs are really catchy from the first one actually yeah, So true. I didn't like it Probably because of Olaf But anyways Who I wanted, hates Olaf? I genuinely wanted to know What happens to Elsa and Anna After okay, the first true. one Okay Yeah But I did leave Frozen 2 A bit disappointed 
well, you know, you kept saying that the songs weren't catchy, but I thought there was one catchy one. (laughs) Please. Into the yard. No! No, okay, 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 okay. (laughs) And admit it, you were swooning during Christoph's slow jam. I was cringing so much during that part. Uh, Anyway, Heidi, give us a brief synopsis. No spoilers, so our listeners can get an idea why you liked it. Okay, so in our first Frozen, we were introduced to Elsa and Anna, who are sisters and to-be queens of the kingdom of Arendelle. So Elsa was born with, you know, powerful magic. She can create ice from her hands. And one day when she was playing with her sister Anna, she accidentally hurts her with her powers. Like King Midas. Yes. And from that day on, she locks herself in her bedroom in fear of hurting people. So it is a bit sad. Mm. And Anna, on the other hand, she doesn't have powers. Um, She one day meets an evil guy called Hans Mm. who tries to deceive Anna Mm. in an effort to take the crown for himself. Mm, Bit douchey, yep. (laughs) Anyway, lots of other stuff happens. And at the end, Anna sacrifices her life for Elsa's. And it was this act of true and sacrificial love that saves the day and the kingdom. So this act of love also enables Elsa to learn to control her powers as she is no longer bound by fear, but freed by love. Freed by love, that's right. So I think they're the main themes of the first movie, right? Sounds about right, yeah. Okay, so in the second movie, Frozen 2, Elsa is now a confident queen over Arendelle and there's peace in the country. And she appears to be living, you know, a pretty normal life, connected with people, using her powers well, but she feels this unsettledness. You know, she hears kind of this voice, Mm. um, voices that call her to to find herself and to find out the truth behind her magic. And so I think this movie is about self-discovery and and finding yourself. It was interesting because it went into a lot of backstory this time, like stuff Mm. about their parents and the history of Arendelle and finding out where this magic of hers came from. We Mm. also met a lot of new people and and were taken on adventures uh, to other lands. There was a lot of magic uh, and we were really transported, I think, yeah. to a whole new fantasy world. Yeah, definitely. And so I guess the storyline, it, it is quite different. But at the same time, the movie had, I guess, the same feel in terms of the characters. You yeah. know, Elsa, she's still determined. She's strong-headed. Anna, she's clumsy. She wears a heart on her sleeve. Kristoff's still a bit shy and awkward and would rather hang out with Sven than other men. Than other men, yeah. <laughs> and Olaf, you know, he's still the optimistic comedic relief as usual. Yeah. Well, there was also, well, like I said, I just felt like there was a lot more cheese in this one. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> um, but tell me, okay, tell me some of the themes that popped up for you. Sure. So I think the biggest thing that stood out for me was this quest for knowledge Um, The whole idea that self-discovery, I guess, is only possible if we know the truth about our past. And so Elsa's call is to go and find out where this, you know, magic power is really from. And the truth will help to restore balance to the kingdom. And so she's willing to go to great lengths, even risk her life in order to discover her truth. And so the main song in this movie really echoes this. Elsa sings in response to the voice, Are you someone out there who's a little bit like me? who knows deep down I'm not where I'm meant to be. Every day is a little harder as I feel your power grow. Don't you know there's a part of me that longs to go into the The unknown? (laughs) Please don't sing that, into the unknown. (laughs) So I think the truth, it's really important to Elsa and you know she's willing to step out of her comfort zone to find out what it is. In the first movie, she's a fearful queen who... 
you know, would rather be secure and safe. But in this movie, she literally jumps into the unknown to find out the truth of who she is. It's essentially a big leap of faith. Yeah, and what about Anna then? Well, I think she's also forced out of her comfort zone. You know, when she sings the next right thing, she is forced to take responsibility without the help of her older sister, of Olaf, of Kristoff. You know, when crisis hit, she realized she's alone. She has to grow up. Um, and even if she's unsure of what to do and if tomorrow is uncertain, I guess she knows that she's responsible to do the next right thing. Right. Yep. Yeah. I remember a line from the movie as well where Elsa, she says, uh, fear can't be trusted. She's, she's so determined on discovering truth and Anna has to do the next right thing. Fear can't hold you back. Mm. Step out, find truth. And only when you do that, you'll be free. Yes. So I think, you know, when Elsa steps out and, and discovers truth, she'll finally know where she belongs in the world. Um, she'll discover who she truly is. Right. And so that search for truth, I really think you're right. I, I, it did echo in the movie um, because now that I remember, you got Olaf's characters, right, right? Mm. Who, who really, yeah, he does grind on me, makes me cringe <laughs> a lot. But throughout this one, he's on this search for knowledge, hoping that when he's older and mature, he'll know everything and, and learn it in time. He, he's got that song in the movie. It's all about wanting to understand the world better and it'll make, it'll make more sense when he's older. He's, he's this hopeful optimist. Uh, things will all make sense and he doesn't doubt the evil or danger that he's in or what people are capable of as well. But... I still can't believe that he grinds you because he's honestly my favourite character. Uh, he bugs me so much. <laughs> <laughs> but how did these themes then, this, this quest for knowledge, quest for truth in Frozen 2, how does that point us to the greatest story, Heidi? Well, I think many of us can resonate with the idea of soul searching. You know, we get to a point in our lives where we question, what's the point of everything? What's, what's my purpose? Why am I here? Am I living out my own truth? You know, these are spiritual questions. And so people will, will turn to religion or perhaps science or yoga or art for answers. You know, some of us will jump from relationship to relationship or job to job because like Elsa, we're unsatisfied and longing for more. Yeah, I can totally resonate with that. It's, it's as though humans have been hardwired for purpose yeah. and truth and meaning. Yeah. And Christianity may seem like an outdated system of belief from the past, but in our church, what I'm seeing a lot is uh, a lot of young people, millennials, even wanting to dive deep into the Bible because they have so many spiritual questions, like where do I find truth, mm. that no amount of, of progressiveness can answer. Yeah, so, you know, I believe in science. I think science teaches us how the world was created. But I believe that Jesus came to tell us why we were created. You know, the greatest story of the gospel is that truth came to us. And unlike Elsa, we don't have to risk our lives fighting the dark seas in order to calm the restlessness that we feel in our hearts. We don't have to put ourselves in danger in order to discover who we are or why we are here or why or where we're ultimately headed. Mm. You know, Jesus came into our world to reveal God's plans and purposes for our lives. Yeah, and I, I think Christmas, which we just celebrated, tells us that, mm. right? Jesus yeah. is given the name Emmanuel, which translates to God with us. And unlike other deities, God is noble through the person of Jesus. And if God is noble, truth is noble too. We don't have to go on a journey of self-discovery or put ourselves in danger in order to find truth because God has recorded it all for us in the pages of the Bible. That's right. And I think Jesus gives us the lens by which we can see ourselves. And I think we, you know, in our church, we call it the gospel lens. Or as some Christians would say, you know, what would Jesus do? WWJD. (laughs) Well, it's interesting you say that truth exists outside of us because in our postmodern world, 
truth has become so diluted that we base it now on feelings and what's inside, not what's on outside, what's on mm. the outside. Yeah. Understanding the world requires looking inwardly to discover it. I'm reminded of that book I read as a teenager, um, Paulo Coelho's book, The Alchemist, which is all about finding your treasure in life and discovering yourself on that journey. Definitely. And I think that is why the Christian faith can be so offensive mm. because Jesus came to show humanity just how broken we are on the inside. You know, Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. So when God looks at humanity, past, present, future, he doesn't see one righteous person. And I think that's a really big call and perhaps offensive because we want to believe that humanity is good. We want to be optimistic. We want to see humanity restored by technology and education. Yep. But realistically, it's 2020 and yeah. we're still dealing with war, slavery, poverty, domestic violence, racism, conflict in our relationships no matter how progressive our countries are. So true. But uh, this is really depressing. It doesn't sound like you at all. But, you know, you're you're meant to be someone who's actually the optimist in our relationship. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yep. <laughs> Olaf, the, the happy snowman who dreams of sunbaking. <laughs> yes. But I think like Olaf, the optimism has worn off with time and age. You know, having a gospel lens is about measuring things God's way. And, you know, he says no one is righteous. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. And so God's measure of righteousness isn't just about being a good person or doing heaps of charitable stuff. It's ultimately about humans seeking after him, trusting him and understanding their good and, and loving God. And so since the Garden of Eden, I think this is something we all have failed at. Mm. Humans by nature, we're rebels. We much prefer to have faith in ourselves, to worship created things, and to live by our own truths. And I think the more I see this in my own heart, that I care so much more about my own glory than God's glory, that no matter how hard I try, I fail to love God and love people by God's standards, I realize that God is God is right. Yeah, no one's righteous. No one is righteous. And, and God has every right to call me his enemy and there's nothing I can do to make myself good enough to be saved. Yeah, I, I totally want to echo that. Like, I know for me, rules, rules like honestly, uh, just a guideline. <laughs> I can't help but want to push and challenge boundaries. And the truth is that all of humanity, no matter how hard we look inwardly, will find that our hearts are stained by pride and, and selfishness and bitterness and entitlement and sin. Like... It's crazy. I mean, mm. you, know, you are meant to be the optimist, but are you saying that you're a pessimist now or something? Well, I think knowing God has actually made me a hopeful realist. Mm. Because even though Jesus came to unveil the truth of my sin and the brokenness inside of me, he was the one who was punished in my place. You know, Jesus, he defeated the dark magic, or in our case, the sin in our hearts, that held us captive. Right. And so like Elsa, he did go on that adventure on his own and he was enough to save Arendelle. Well, you know, save us from destruction. Right. So don't get me wrong. I'm far from perfect. I will struggle with selfishness and pride and I definitely don't always worship God as I should. But in my struggle with sin, I have that hope of forgiveness and and the promise of eternal life. And my faith, it doesn't make me a perfect person. It doesn't make me immune to pain or suffering, but I can commit to doing, you know, the next right thing. The next right thing. And persevering with hope because Jesus has promised that day where he will return to make things right. There will be a day when we will be in God's presence and there will be no more tears, pain, death or suffering. Man, I can't wait for that day, hey? And so I guess this is why Jesus calls himself 
the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth who came into our world to answer all our spiritual questions, to solve the spiritual problem, and to reconcile us back to God. Wow, I love that. And so, and so when we face the brokenness in this world, or, or the brokenness even inside of us, we don't need to be like Olaf, who's naively optimistic. Yeah. We can be hopeful realists. Man, I really mm-hmm. like the sound of that. I think, I think there's sometimes pressure in our churches to always be optimistic and happy. And I think that that can be really unhelpful, even damaging. Yeah. There's that pressure to always be smiling and jumping up and down and clapping. But (laughs) I think we need to be mindful that sin and suffering is a very real thing, even in churches, and that the solution to this isn't positive vibes or trying harder to be better, but anchoring in gospel hope and truth. Yep. Yep. Amen. So Jesus is the one we anchor in. It's it's through him who went into the danger for us so that we could know truth. The way, yeah, the and truth that's, that's and what the life. hopeful yeah. realism looks like. Yeah, that's good. So to end, what would you rate Frozen to? Uh, well, like I said, I wasn't a huge fan, so I can only give it five and a half out of ten. Wow. I know that's low. Uh, honestly, I can't say I would want to watch it again. Frozen one, maybe perhaps, but for not Frozen two, sorry. True. I think I would give it a 7 out of 10. I think, yeah, Frozen 1 definitely had a better storyline and the songs were easier to sing. Frozen 2's storyline was darker and more adult, I felt. It was cheesy as well, though. Yeah. So I think there were some (laughs) scary scenes for kids and even myself. Right. And it's a shame that Kristoff didn't have much of a role in this one. The songs were very Broadway, so... I kind of feel like I sound like a dying goat in some of the high notes. Yeah, I can imagine. If we had a household of kids trying to sing... Into the unknown. Unknown. Anyways, that's all we have time for today. (laughs) Thanks for listening and supporting this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review us. That really helps us a lot. It gets our podcast in front of more and more people. Share it on your social media as well if you can. But for now, we'll see you later. Bye.